0: 1,285 words on grit. What do we want? What do we want out of life? I keep circling back around the same three words that I hear a lot in conversation, but maybe I'm not seeing enough in practice in in day-to-day life. And those three words are clarity, simplicity, and certainty. These are the things that I believe most people want out of life. Our clients want this from us. We would like it from them. However, we get paid very well because, well, this work is difficult. Clarity is lacking from clients and lenders alike, not because buyers are liars. I heard that line once from a a car salesman, standard line on car lots, and an utterly self-defeating way to view the world because that's kind of like a you against the world mentality. And guess what? When it's you against the world, uh, basic math, the world wins. Clients, they really just, they don't know what they don't know. And they get guidance from unreliable resources, right? They get out-of-date internet info, out-of-touch ex-banker info, out-of-touch current banker info, and heck, let's face it, out-of-touch broker info. They don't know what they don't know. They have little fragments of, of knowledge around the mortgage process. They they can't help themselves. It's our job to help them. And lenders, well, let's face it, a detailed broker kit is a rarity. And even the lenders that do put those out, well, they've got a host of unwritten exceptions. How do you discover these unwritten exceptions? Like if you're brand new to this industry and you're watching this and you're hearing me say this for the first time, you're like, what's this unwritten exception? What does that mean? Like, you know, Google unwritten exception. Well, if they're unwritten, how do I know they exist? You don't. It's living by the old adage. The one who asks is the one who gets. So in this industry in particular, we exchange clarity. We give it up in exchange for compensation, right? We get paid to muddle through and find clarity on the client side, on the lender side, and connect the two together. The less clarity, maybe the more compensation. It's a similar exchange for simplicity it was easy if it was easy everybody was doing it now everyone everybody would be doing it now it might seem like everyone is getting licensed but trust me everyone is not working with clients I'll touch on that a bit and that leads to the question of certainty looking for certainty in your professional life is a challenge if your profession is that of a mortgage broker brokering is very difficult it's hard on the ego it's hard on the psyche it's hard on the mindset a mortgage application itself is, is it feels like a gift sometimes, like a gift from the gods, a gift from on high. Each client is a gift and we should treat them as such. And each mortgage approval, uh, that's a real gift. Uh, thank you, Mr. or Ms. Underwriter. And each file, each file is a marathon, but more like an ultra marathon, but with some short breaks during which you get to complete a Tough mutter or three maybe, and also some sparring with Jackie Chan right at the end, you know, like not everybody finishes this grueling experience of ring-ring, what's your best rates, file complete, file funded, and nobody finishes all of them, and accepting that all files cannot become file complete isn't easy. It runs contrary to who you are as a person. Certainly, runs contrary to who I am a person. Like we're going to win or we're going to die trying. No, 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 no. This is not the way to proceed. This is not the way to proceed. But that is who we are at our core, at our gritty, gritty core. And in defeat, which is actually not what it is, but admittedly, this is how it feels in the moment. We're prone to what? To drinking, despair, depression, and all the rest of it. We're not... If we're not careful, we slip into a headspace where we let others measure our self-worth for us. They offer this measurement as we see it and whether they choose to work with us or not. This is not a measure of our character, someone choosing to work with us or not work with us. Like how self-centered can we be? Well, very is the answer, at least for myself, I know. I mean, We can be about as self-centered as our clients who made a decision for themselves under immense pressure without much understanding of the process. And their decision involved not working with you, but it wasn't about you. It was about them. That was a decision they made on them. And getting clear on that is challenging. And understanding that like nobody else is capable of judging you. And someone choosing not to work with you isn't necessarily a judgment against you. It's could be completely arbitrary, just a byproduct of some other things that are happening. I mean, clients 100% don't know brokering. They don't know jack shit about what this job takes. They don't, the toll that it takes. Wait, which job am I talking about? Brokering, teaching, nursing, surgeons, retail cashiers, hostess at a restaurant in a province with vaccine passports. That's gotta be one of the all-time toughest jobs out there this week. All of the above. Because when we are under pressure, we are not at our best. And let's face it, all of society is under pressure, more pressure than ever. So all of society is not at its best. And then we deal with people under immense pressure. Right? They've been evicted. They're trying to buy. They're having a second or a third baby, and they need another bedroom, and they got to get a bigger place, and they got to sell this place. And oh my God, it sold in multiple offers instantaneously. And now they're getting outbid bid left and right, and they got to go in firm, but they're 5% down, gifted down payment, stated income. Oh my gosh, not that that's a thing anymore, but you see what I'm getting at, right? The pressure is everywhere. the clients aren't clear. They don't have clarity. They're not certain. They don't have certainty. They're not feeling like any of this is very simple either. Although my audience at the moment is composed mainly of mortgage brokers. And though most of what I'm saying applies to brokers, in some ways this applies to all humans, even those with no job, because that's its own kind of stress. And, you know, if you're not working right now, man, that's going to suck. You're getting painted with the guilt brush of you know collecting CERB by some losers that just happened to land in the right spot and have some perfect pandemic position job, and now they're judging. They're judging, and that's not cool. Nobody should be judging anybody. It happens. And heck, who do we judge the most? We judge ourselves. We're the harshest judge uh, of ourselves, for sure, because we look at what happens to us through the wrong lens, through the lens of how others perceive us, not ideal. Speaking of the unemployed, though, I mean, what's a broker without a client? What's a broker without a file to work on? I mean, technically, kind of unemployed. And that's its own kind of burden, because technically, you're unemployed, but really, you're not. Like, you're a broker just in between clients at the moment, right? Like an actor in between gigs. On call all the time, answering the phone when it rings, but unpaid. But what do I say about your phone? If your phone's not ringing, you better be making other people's phones ring. It's the only way you're going to survive in this business. And you better be te- best be taking care of yourself in all the ways that count in particular, mentally and physically, i.e., this is a side note for relating to a friend of mine. Uh, his recent experience got kind of a sore arm when you're out for a walk, out for a brisk walk. Uh, that, my friend, is likely a blockage in your heart. Had I been walking with my friend over the past two years of him experiencing this, I'd have told him so. Had he gone to the doctor for a regular checkup or a full-on physical, he would have had he would have not had the scare of his life. Right. So think about this. Are you cracking $10 million in volume this year? That is a gift. That's a fantastic gift. Are you the sole earner in your household, in your family? Got a little bit of pressure on you. So this next bit is kind of common sense because, well, you can't earn when you're in the ICU, and you really can't earn when you're six feet under. So then you know, on top of that, when you're gone, what are you leaving behind? How many years income are you leaving behind for the people who depend on you? 10 years, five years, one year, two weeks? Like how much income are you leaving them through the form of an insurance policy, right? I mean, how's that helpful if you're only leaving one or two or three years? It's not, it's not. As brokers, we know this, we work with widows and it's mainly widows. I have worked with a widower or two, but primarily widows. Sorry guys, that's the way that goes. When we see how long that money lasts, that's left behind. I worked with three widows in, in in sort of one space of about a three four week period, and one had been left zero, the other had been left like fifty k because you know her husband had insurance at work, and the other one had an outside policy for a whopping three hundred thousand. All three. These people were not in a good place in very short order. Obviously, the one with zero left behind, uh, other than a stack of bills and a couple of kids and a huge mortgage, that 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 was a really tricky one, and it changed how I prepared personally. For instance, at forty-six years old, I bought an extra three million, an extra three million, not three million worth of life. I bought an extra three million on top of the the couple of million I already had at the time, in term coverage, not because I'm rich or whatever, because I got people in my life I got I to gotta cover for, for not five years or 10 years. I mean, uh, they're expecting me to be around for a lot longer. I mean, I'm hoping that I'm going to be around for a lot longer. So yeah, I bought this extra $3 million 10-year term policy for $2,345 a year, less than 200 bucks a month pre-tax. The corporate pays, the corporation pays for it. Something we'll touch on next Tuesday. Three million bucks for the coverage. Prepare, prepare. How prepared are you? How prepared are the people you're leaving behind if something goes wrong with you? If you get the sore arm when you're out on a walk, right? Recently, someone suggested in another area of business, different topic, different meeting that I that I was a someone who planned for failure. No shit, I thought. They said it like it was a bad thing, but I don't know. Like, shouldn't we be planning for failure? I mean, I thought to myself, if this guy ever invites me out on his boat. No way, this guys not gonna have life jackets or fire extinguishers, you're supposed to be planning for failure. Yeah, I mean, probably being facetious there. But isn't a lot of what we do in life, planning for failure, that lack of certainty, right? Seatbelts, airbags, helmets, an umbrella, home insurance, auto insurance, why do we have all these things? Life insurance, which a whole bunch of us don't have, disability insurance, which even fewer of us have, critical illness coverage, which again, almost no one I know actually has key person insurance. you got a business partner. You better make sure you are insured. Otherwise, you're going to wind up in business with that partner's heirs. Who is that? Is that their spouse that they were about to divorce? Is that their kids? Who are you going to wind up in business with? Key person policy. Like These are important things to think about. What else do key people get? There's a question for you. They get an executive physical. If you landed a job where let's say you were doing 20, the equivalent of doing say 20 million a year in mortgage volume. If you landed a job that compensated you like that, like a job job working for the man, you would as part of your compensation package almost certainly be given an annual, if not semi-annual executive physical. Why aren't you doing that for yourself? I mean, again, It's all about planning for failure. So what about you, right? Part of heading this off is pretty basic. Like I say, I mean, see your GP, just go see your regular doctor, request complete blood work. All right, so in the public system, the complete blood work, they check like 11 things. And the private, which you can afford if you're in that 15, $20 million plus bracket, you really can, it's like 2000 bucks every second year, like 80 bucks a month, $83 and 33 cents a month. This is a no brainer. They check 38 markers instead of 11, because well, public, public, you know, it's watered down version, right? The stress test, again, the tightness in the chest, right? The, the sore arm, the, all these things. The colonoscopy, right? I mean, every 10 years now. If you're past like 30, go get one every two or three years. Just be smart. It's the most. It's the most easily treated preventable cancer there is. It is. It's also the number one killer because, well, you know butt stuff, but get over it, stick around. Look, if you don't take care of yourself first, you don't take care of your body, where are you gonna live? Get that physical while you can. But first, maybe grab another $3 million term policy, just in case you don't like what that physical discovers. Now look, this may not bring you certainty, that that, that physical may not bring you the certainty you wanted, but what I, or, or may bring you a different kind of certainty than you were hoping to get. But what I'm getting at here, is that you can provide certainty for others, even when you cannot find it for yourself. Same goes with clarity and simplicity. Sure, we want these things. We want someone to give us these things. Please give me clarity, simplicity, and certainty. Please, please, please. I would like that. But maybe our role in the world is to provide these things to others, to our clients, to our coworkers, to our friends, to our family. Are we not supposed to provide some certainty? to our family, of all people. And perhaps if we focus on giving giving these things to others, we will in turn receive them from others. Because to battle through life single-handedly is just that, it's a battle. Clarity comes through communication and connection with others. Simplicity also arguably is rooted in clarity of communication and purpose, a purpose shared with others. And certainty, well, it's easier to deliver to others than to find on our own. And it's also rooted in how clear and simple things are. There's my thought for the day. I literally woke up at six o'clock this morning and wrote all that out. I hope you found some value in it. I hope some of you go get a $3 million term policy. And I hope some of you go get a damn physical. And if you've been going for walks up steep hills and feeling like you got a sore arm, get to the damn doctor, man. That's And it's probably a man. That's not a good sign. All right, that's it for me. We'll see what I come up with for tomorrow. There we go. 9.18 or 18 minutes past the hour, I should say. Over and out. Have a good one, folks.